this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. Hey everybody, on this episode of the GH Report, it is the end of Shiloh. Was it everything you wanted it to be? Spoiler alert, it wasn't for me. We'll break it all down next. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Ooh, oh, 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 it's a Sunday afternoon talking GH. Look at that. Oh! A little old school GH intro. Boom! What the, the somewhat early <laughs> late 90s stuff. There we go. Hey, folks, welcome to the GH Report here on Afterbus TV, breaking down all the craziness that's been happening in Port Charles. I am Frank Moran. I'm Carla Renata. And as always, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and the chat is up and running. Carla. Who's there to add? I'm just going to get some love. Hello, hello, everybody. It is great to be back. Joe Costanzo, Jerry Jacks, Barb P, ZK, Kelly Public Cover. Uh, I said Jerry Jackson, right? Dulamon, Michael B, Annie Goen, Loretta Johnson, Susan Russo, Rena Sheen, Coco Candy One, and Melody Mae Moffitt. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. I think I got everybody. I did. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Look at that. Uh, Carla, it is fantastic to have you back. I'm happy to be back. Now, tell me, how much did you miss me? All right. Moving on. (laughs) Uh, Yes. uh, I'm just kidding. I missed you. I did. (laughs) So, we're going to break down all the nonsense that's been happening in Port Charles here. But, Carla, before we get into the specifics... What did you think of this past week at GH? Oh, my God. I'm so happy that Shiloh's storyline is done. But it was kind of like, really? That's how you're going to have him go out with a flare gun? For real, though? I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. But, yeah, I was happy to see that storyline come to a resolution. And I was happy to see the Franco storyline ramp up a little bit. It's uh, All right, let's just dive right into the, the Shiloh storyline. Okay. So, for a character that uh, has been frustrating for a while... <laughs> With the Donna Dane storyline, although you know, I will keep saying I love how just he was always promoting, he's always plugging, <laughs> plugging those classes. I loved it. Uh, our boy goes out like this, uh, and I have to admit, I'm kind of, I'm, 
extremely underwhelmed by his exit from the show. I agree with you, because it was like, really, that's the best y'all could come up with for Shiloh? Like, for real, though? And I was so, and, and let me just say this. I was mostly underwhelmed at the fact that, yet again, he's kidnapping Sam again. I'm like, how many times is he going to take Sam hostage? Like, I could not. I was When that happened, I was like, oh, for real, is this what we're going to do? I would have been more interested if he had taken Dev um, hostage. Because to me, that would have been more interesting. But then, of course, if he had taken Dev, then that storyline would have had to drag out a little bit because... You know, they'd have to find him with Dev and all that madness. But I also think that if he had taken Dev as a hostage, nobody would have cared, and so he would have just left, and then it would just that would have been great. Just Shiloh and Dev just off somewhere. And, nobody, and what happened to the dude? And what happened to the dude that that Peter gave the money to to kill Shiloh? Like what happened? <laughs> so, like that was never even explained. Like homeboy didn't he didn't kill Shiloh? He took off with the cash. What was it, 35 Yeah. <laughs> like, he took off with the cash, and where is he, and who was he, and why was he on sp- Peter's speed dial? That's what I need to know. So, for... Oh, Lord, y'all doing way too much this week. It was interesting that Shiloh, who's pretty much, during his whole storyline, been played as a chump. Mm. You know, Sam was already already had his number and was mm. running a con while he was doing his thing. Mm. Anytime he went up against Jason, it was always just a beat down by Jason. <laughs> I was wait. I was waiting when he was looming over um, Sam. I was wait. I was watching it with my mom, and my mom's so over me watching General Hospital, but I don't care. But I was watching it with my mother. I was like, "Ooh, I can't wait for Jason to come in and just throw him across the room one good time." And he didn't. He just shot him. Yes. Like uh, I wanted him to throw him across the room one good time, like at least one last time, just throw his ass across the room. I'm sorry. Yeah, we never got a great fight scene between the two of them. Uh, it was, and let's talk about the fight scene on the on the. Um... <laughs> we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end. What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The, the, uh, what, I forget what it is. The, on the, the, uh, the deck of the, the deck star. of the ship. That's the word I was looking for, deck. I could not find that word in my mental roller decks to save my life. And on the deck of the haunted star, when he went, when he went to hit Jason, he didn't even try to hit him. Like he purposely hit the banister or the, the, yes. I was like, you didn't even try to hit him. Like, and I'm sure that's what the stunt coordinator told him to do since there was a metal hook on the end of that piece of wood. But, like, at least make it look like you're trying to hit, take a brother out. Yeah, it, that fight scene was disappointing. It was sad. It and, was. It was I, sad. And I just felt like with Shadow's character, it was, we're going to make him a chump until the second that he doesn't he, he doesn't need to be a chump. Okay. And I'm just like, okay, cool. So Jason's given him the beatdown several times. <laughs> And now, because it's the big moment, all of a sudden Shiloh can take Jason on pretty much one-on-one Mm-mm. to the point where he can throw Jason down to the ground. Mm-mm. I'm like, oh, That was right. not working for me. That was not working for me at all. I was just like, ugh. And so we do the terrible thing where it's like you knew things were going to happen where it's like it's Sam and Jason are out there on the deck. They've already shot Shiloh. The one, they don't check the body. They just walk away. So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, that's stupid. But then they get out of the deck and Sam goes, oh, I'll go take, I'll, I'll go pilot the, the ship. You just stand here, Jason. Like, why are you splitting up? That's the stupid thing to do. Cool. Now you're going to split up. So you knew Shiloh was going to come back. 
And then Sam, so Sam can get her moment where mm. she can take down Shiloh. I thought if you're gonna if you're gonna have Shiloh be dead, why not just have him fall on the on the deck and just die there from getting hit with a flare gun in the back? But you, he falls off the ship, so it teases you with the idea that like, well, he may still be alive yeah. until we see him in the body bag. Then you're like, okay, all right. Then that well, was somebody in the chat room said at least he went out better than Drew. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like the reason for Drew is because we don't know what's going to happen with that character. Right. Yeah, so I feel like they're not showing you anything, so they have all options on the table on how to bring him back. Right. Speaking of Drew, let's just talk about that storyline for a second. Let's just talk about the fact that Kim has lost her damn mind. She's lost her mind. She is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs crazy. Now, you know in your head that this is Elizabeth's husband, you going to sleep with him anyway because he's saying all the stuff that Drew would say to you, knowing that this isn't really Drew. This is just Drew's memories coming out of somebody else's mouth. I'm like, I cannot with that. But I do love the fact that Julian dropped her like a hot cake. He was like, deuces, I'm out. Uh, you know what? I, at least I did like is that Kim fessed up. It wasn't like it wasn't dragged out. Like he, yeah. he was, she's like, oh, I'll go to New York with you. And we had to see a little her having and hawing that whole time. No, yeah. at least. At least we got a a, a, resol- a resolution to that. Yeah, I do appreciate the fact that she didn't drag it out. But I'm real. I w- I was growing weary of watching her being angst all the time. Like I understand that there's no timetable on grief. I get that. But in the world of a soap opera, it's a, it's been enough. Oh, for sure. I'm like, I, and I love the actress that plays Kim. But I just couldn't watch her being angst one more day. I just couldn't do it. I did like the scenes of her calling Diane to try to get help for Drew Fru being uh, locked up in, in, port, uh, in general hospital. <laughs> and Diane's like, mm, my hands are full. My plate is full. My take, my hands are like She was like, I can't. she almost had that tone on her voice like, yeah, I can't deal with this right now. Yeah, which I thought was... <laughs> which was comical. It was comical. Because that call comes after she's already sat down with the commissioner with and Jason and Sam. <laughs> already resolved that. So it's like, that's out of the way. You just got to listen to Dev, who that's going to be very brief. <laughs> you got That's still too much for you right now, Diane? You can't? No? All right. Cool. It's so... I mean, because we do see the scene between uh, Franco slash Drew and Liz where in, in General Hospital where... They talk about it again. That there's only four possible outcomes for this, and three of them end up bad. Mm. Uh, and only one, only one out, one out of those four. Is mm. it still worth taking those odds? That um, uh, I, as they kept saying that over and over again, I was conflicted on that. But let me just flip it back real quick to um, Kim when Elizabeth showed up, and how Elizabeth went in on her and slapped the hell out of her. We very rarely see Elizabeth get aggressive and we very rarely see her take any physical action like she took out on Kim with anybody. We very rarely see that out of that character. They usually they have been they have been having Elizabeth portrayed so like for lack of a better way to say it almost angelic like she can do no wrong because she even when the worst thing possible would happen to her she would still kind of just sit back and go well you know and she would make excuse after excuse (laughs) I loved seeing her lose control and go completely off and in on Kim and Kim could do nothing but stand there and take it and then go get out of my house (laughs) but you know but what you gonna do yeah you gonna put her out of your house because she's whooping your butt 
I would have put her out too. I wouldn't have let her in there in the first place. She wouldn't have been up in my house trying to kick my behind. I'm just saying. But she would have never even crossed the threshold. I'm just gonna put that out there. But what I will say about the the um the choices of which they have chosen to resolve the Fru storyline. It's going to be interesting to see which one plays out. Like, if they put, they put him in Ferncliff, well, they, they were taking him to Ferncliff. So, when once they get him in Ferncliff, like, you know, he can't, he's not going to be able to walk around with all that bravado that he's been walking around Port Charles with saying, that's not my name and all that because, you know, he's in there with a bunch of crazy people. So, there's that situation where he could actually get hurt or worse. Um... And then there's a situation that they actually do the mind mapping and he ends up as a vegetable. So mm-hmm. there's that. Um, but I don't think they're going to let that happen. I really love the moment that he had with Aiden and where Aiden was saying, and remember when we did this and remember when we did that. And that was so touching. That was a very touching scene with that little boy. That little boy is fierce, by the way. Yeah. He's a really good actor. Um, I love that they gave him a moment to be able to have a conversation with uh, Franco slash Drew before they took him off. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure how that's going to play out with all those different scenarios, you know. Um, I really don't. And I and I also appreciated the fact that they, as they were taking him off, they didn't have him being completely pissy to Elizabeth as he was being taken off. Like, after he had that conversation with Aiden, he truly understood that these are people that love him and they're doing what they're doing because they love Franco. It's not a united front against Drew, per se, but this is what they're doing to get Franco back because they have no other recourse. So I get it. But it'll be really interesting to see how this all plays out. Yeah, it's uh, and I can understand where Liz is coming from. It's like, you know, Franco's last words to camera were like, you know, tell your mom I'm I'm coming back. So I can understand why Liz is absolutely holding on to that to the man she loves. One, yeah, yeah. But it is those are those are steep odds. One out of four that it's that you're going to get your man back. Yeah, I mean, and even Cameron is questioning it. Mm-hmm. Even Cameron is like. Is it worth it to, like, at least we would have his physical body, but his physical body wasn't even trying to be there. His physical body was trying to bounce with Kim. And I love how Kim Kim really was trying to hold on to that. So now I'm wondering what's going to happen with her. The, when that time does come, they uh, Kim and Franco through. They go down to the dock, and before they can make their move, all of a sudden two... The goons come and get yep, him from the hospital. Yep, uh, to go wrangle him up. And I, I guess I would love just that you just hear just a sentence or a name check just for why. But he's got he's Drew, who is a Navy SEAL and a, a formidable little person who can hold on, hold his own. Mm-hmm. Is it only because he's in Franco's body and it's just a different body with different musculature that he could not fight those two guys? Because if you mentioned, you know, that's cold, that's a good point. He was a Navy SEAL. He should have yeah. been able to take those dudes down like with one pinky. Yeah. And we didn't That's see a really good back. point. He's just like, oh, I gotta go. Let's go down. That was a really good point. I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. Yeah, that was kind of lame. So it's like, I'm waiting to see uh, mm. this Drew start kicking butt in Franco's body, but that's not happening. Maybe that'll yet. happen when he goes to Ferncliff. <clears throat> Maybe he'll be in a situation where he has to. Because I feel like this version of Drew is desperately trying to um, not go there, so to speak. 
I feel like he's desperately trying to not be physical because maybe he's afraid that he does have like that killer instinct that might take somebody out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'll, this thing is sliding off my head. Let me fix this. <laughs> I'm like, I looked up at one point and he, they were all the way back. I'm like, what's that doing in the middle of my head? Um, I feel like he, because he is a Navy SEAL and they are trained to defend themselves um, by any means necessary. I feel like he's kind of been holding back for a second but you're right every time somebody goes to take him down he's he's just overcome by the people that go to take him down like even when they went to give him a shot in the hospital he was like oh it's like <laughs> dude you were a navy that's a really good point it's like you were a navy seal you should you should be able to take these people down with one hand tied behind your back so that's kind of lame yeah it's uh yeah i i because everybody else is seeing him as just an echo like, like an echo of drew that shouldn't even be around but right just is Yet for this Echo, I mean, he knows nothing else than like, no, I have all the memories of Drew. I feel like Drew. I can recall everything up to that point that Drew knows. Mm-hmm. I I feel like I am a living, breathing human being mm-hmm. in a body that's not mine, but I have all this stuff. So to see, I can completely understand why he wants to fight for the right to, to still exist. Like, I get that. But at the, <clears throat> at the same time, it's like, dude, come on. And then I also... Um, Get I think up until the moment that Aiden came in the room, I that was the first time I ever saw that character look like he was actually remorseful that he couldn't remember that he was Franco. I could see that on I could see that register on Roger Howard's face. So I was like, "Ooh, this is a nice little scene." You know, they say all the time, "Children and pets." That's true. <laughs> Children and pets. They uh, usually bring out the, <laughs> the worst or the best in you. Children and pets. Just saying. But that was that was a really lovely scene. Um. And the other, another scene that was really lovely, just to switch it off a little bit, is the scene with um, Dustin and Jocelyn at Oscar's Meadow. Because Jocelyn, and this is another thing, I'm getting real tired of her. Like, again, I will say this again, grief has no timetable. I understand that. But come on. But like you said, on a soap, you're like, okay. And on a soap. Enough. But yeah. on a soap, it's like, okay, enough is enough. So they move through grief, honey. Like most people change lanes on the freeway. So it's like, come on, let's just move this along. Come on, speed, speed, speed. But what I will say is there's something about that Dustin dude that just, it doesn't rub me the wrong way. I just feel like this persona that he is exuding and exhibiting to everyone is not who he really is like there's some other alternative motive for him to be there because he just got a little too entrenched with too many people too quick even him sleeping with lulu was a little too fast really i mean yeah like, it is like i'm i'm kind of with olivia on that one like the ink ain't even dry yet and you bopping this dude over here like come on girl yeah, but Get also, some decorum. I mean, Dante's been gone for quite a while. I understand that, but you got kids. Like, if, this is the thing. If she was single and that went down, yo, I'm like, get your groove on. But you have children. So you can't just, children uh, Children can become very confused. Well, why isn't my daddy here? And who is this person? Is this person my new daddy? Like, it's very confusing for children. So in that respect, I'm kind of like, girl, I'm going to need you to slow your roll just a little bit. And even Maxie says to her, even Maxie says, you know, if you just getting your swerve on, it's all good. I will support you. But when this starts looking like you're trying to fall in love with somebody, I'm going to have to step in and be like, um, hold up, wait a minute, what you doing? Right? Yeah, I you know, it's like I'm down with just, you know, Lulu just hey, she's attracted to a guy. 
you know, she's she still has needs and wants. So like, you know, well, she said to, that. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I get it. She's she's a woman. She's young, and she does have needs and wants. But I'm gonna need you to slow your roll when you got some kids. That's all I'm saying. Slow your roll when you got some kids. And even though you have needs and wants, some of those needs and wants should be what's gonna be best for your kids. Well, that's what she did at the Haunted Star. She didn't take it back to the Look, house. when Laura and Curtis walked in on that, that was funny as hell. <laughs> I was like, ooh, that is funny because they both acted like they were in high school. I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> That was hysterical. It's uh, That scene between uh, Dustin and uh, Jocelyn, was, was, was it, it was a decent scene. And so it's like this part I love of it's that like, scene. I'm I'm kind of intrigued by Dustin. They've kind of they've kind of done a nice job of bringing him onto the canvas. Yeah, they're flushing him out. I have to say, they really are flushing him out very well and giving him a nice, well-rounded base before they hit us over the head with who he really is. Because I just feel it in my bones that there's something unsavory about him. But that scene between him and Joss, I love the fact that he implored upon her that she should start a journal because. She, the journal was her talking to herself where she can go back and read it at her leisure to see what she said to herself and not keep bombarding and, and alienating your friends and everybody around you with this grief that you're experiencing over Oscar. Because even Trina and Cameron are like... You gotta move on. <laughs> even both of them are yeah. like, girl, come on. I feel like, and maybe that's just a, a symptom of the age too, but there will be moments where you know, Jocelyn will just act so... I don't want to say childish, but of sorts where yes. she'll just storm off. And then there are other times where she could have the conversation that she does with Carly where she acknowledges that I know I am not behaving properly. Yeah. And so you're like, all right, so you're cognizant of this as well. So there's those two splits, and I think maybe that's just... But didn't she have that conversation with Carly after she had that conversation with Dustin? Mm, I can't remember. Can't remember. Yeah. But I think, I think that happened afterwards. And if it didn't, then my apologies. But I think it happened afterwards. But I... It, but... I also love the scenes that she has with Carly too, that she has with 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 uh, Laura Bell. That they actually make time for her to sit down and talk to her mother, as opposed to every time she's in Carly's presence is some type of confrontation and her popping off, or every time she's in Sonny's presence or ja- uh, Jax's presence is her popping off. Like you're my parents, you just don't understand. Like I love the fact that they had that moment in the kitchen with the four of them, where they actually had a decent mature conversation about Dev, about her, about Oscar, about who she was going to live with. All of that went went down in that one conversation. And that was really nice because we don't see that happen that often on General Hospital. We usually just see the after effects of what would have happened had a conversation taken place. And it's just, again, and we've talked about this before, but to have somebody that can just stick in Sonny's craw and he can't really do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, those scenes between Sonny and Jax, where Jack is Jax is like, <laughs> I love I'll them. leave this go for right now, but you know, I'm going to come back, and you're going to tell me everything that's going on, and just like not intimidated by Sonny, he's like, I know what the deal is between us. Mm-hmm. So, like he don't pretend, he does not pretend that they're friends. Nope. He does not pretend that you know it's all good in the hood. He doesn't. He's like, I don't like you. You don't like me. Let's not act like we're going to try to be friends for the sake of my ex wife and my daughter. Let's just keep it real. I appreciate writing wise. Yeah. I appreciate that because if they tried to do anything other than that, that would be less than realistic for the fans like y- yourself and I and the people in the chat room that watch the show. We'd be like, what the hell? What is going on in the chat room? By the way, they're saying um, 
that they feel like uh, Dolores Leach. Hey, Dolores and Daisy Flower Forty and Charlie in charge. I see y'all have joined us. Um, she's saying that Dustin will steal her journal, and that's probably what's gonna make him unsavory. I'm telling you, I feel like something's coming. <laughs> Dustin, wait, Dustin, because wait, because Dustin is encouraging her to keep this journal, and then somebody else, I can't remember who said it, and might have to go back and look, but somebody else said that. Um, that they feel like there's going to be something going down between Joss and Dustin. Like there might be a little May, December thing happening. And then somebody else said, I love, people are coming up with theories. And then uh, Charlie and Charge said that Dustin works for Helena. Um, and he, or he, what did it say? Dustin works for Helena or is after the hidden Cassidine will. <laughs> but I, I like a guy. Just theories. I like a guy whose motive would be like, I'm going to get people to start journals and then I'm going to steal them. Well, <laughs> because you know why somebody was here. That's why you were laughing. But this is why some. That's what. This is why somebody would encourage you to keep a journal because that way they know that you're writing stuff down that you feel like you can't discuss with people. If there's something incriminating in there, all they gotta do is get a hold of the journal and boom, 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 it's done. I hate that you laughing at that. Shut up. That's great. I just like it. Like that's the new. We got rid of Shiloh, and now we have a guy that's trying to get people to journal. I'm telling we'll you, new big bad for GH. I'm telling yes, you, yes, yes, more of that. I'm telling you, oh, and then Charlie in Charge also says, Jocelyn is definitely nervy to tell Carly, who has lost children, that she doesn't understand the pain that she is going through. Because remember, they had that was part of their conversation. And Carly was like, hold up, wait a minute, little girl. <laughs> Let me tell you a thing or two. I know what pain is. That's, but that is called being young and stupid and thinking that you know everything that your parents know. It's like, look. I've been there before. I have been where you are. So don't be trying to tell me a thing or two. I, it's my job to tell you a thing or two and have you learn from my experiences. So I agree with Charlie in charge on that one. Uh, I'm looking for more scenes of Dustin just <laughs> telling people to journal. Hey, you think about starting a journal? Because I do. I think they're right about. I'm. Th- I think they're right about Dustin. Because remember the scene that happened in Kelly's where she went in to get the cheesy fries and stuff for her and Cam, and then Dustin was sitting there and was talking about her her paper, how good it was, and how he felt like she could go deeper and this, that, and the other. And then she, they're teaching, having that class out in the park and she runs off and he goes off and finds her and uses the excuse of well you know I brought you all out here to the park and when you go storming off it's my responsibility to know where you are I'm like I'm calling BS on that what of course it is he's the only person there I'm calling BS on that he could have had one of her little friends go get her because they would know where she was how did he know she was at Oscars Meadow how the hell did he even know where Oscars Meadow was I'm just saying he probably watched her run over there but they weren't close to Oscar's Meadow. Well, you don't know where they were in the park. Look, they weren't close to Oscar's Meadow. I know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know, I'm just going to claim that. I know that. I know that, Frank Moran. I have mapped out that, that park. <laughs> I have mapped out that park. I know what time it is. <laughs> I hate you so much right now. I hate you so much. My one last thing about Shiloh okay. is for all our thoughts that we, uh, because it's making me think of it, we're replacing Dustin as a new potential big bad. But my sadness about seeing Shiloh off the canvas right now is that I feel like there's so many storylines that are kind of left dangling that I don't know ever really got that I felt there was still a little bit of meat on the bone. For but, Shiloh? For Shiloh. Oh, I mean, hell saw, no. You saw the fraternity stuff. You still have uh, everything that was going on possibly in Pentonville with uh, Nell. So like, so now we never get to see what Nell's big Oh, we'll eventually see what Nell is doing. Come on. You know that's going to come to light eventually. It just won't include Shiloh. That's kind of a bummer. 
And there's also the thought like, hey, were we going to be doing a murder mystery? Were you because you there are so many people that look, were, were ticked off, and then now Shiloh's just kind of like, boom, look, gone. I'm telling you that I understand your concerns and about the way he went out and all those storylines that were left up in up in the air. I agree with that, but when I tell you, if I had to turn on ABC one more time and see Shiloh gloating or grinning or running after Sam or up in Christina's face or threatening one more person, I was going to slip my wrist. I couldn't take it one more day. I felt like they wrote themselves into a box with that storyline. I felt like it was going really good for a minute, and then it became repetitive. Like, it, it almost became predictable. It, it became so predictable that you literally would watch the show and go, oh, I bet he's going to do this. Oh, yep, Gary did it. I just was like, I can't. I think somebody reached out. I think it was Marlon or somebody reached out to me. No, it was Michael B. Reached out to me on Twitter and was like, yeah, it's getting predictable. I might have I might have to bounce on GH. I understand because it was, I was like, oh, Lord, y'all are killing me. Well, I, I mean, one thing that uh, uh, comes out of that, though, is, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> well, what what is Willow's purpose really now on the show? Other than being around still to identify Shiloh's body. I think think something may possibly go down with Willow and Michael, and that's going to prove problematic for Sasha. Because remember, there was that moment where she walked into GH and saw him comforting Willow, and she looked like she felt some kind of way. And let's just talk about the fact that Michael is kind of a hypocrite because he always read read Nell for fifth, filth rather, for lying and being all conniving. And what is he doing with Sasha? The same damn thing. Well, yeah. It's like, come on, pot. You a kettle, ain't you? Well, but I mean, I could see, there is that slight distinction where what Nell was doing was an agenda to punish the people that thought that had done her wrong. Sasha is there to help somebody feel fill a void in their life and not trying to take anything out of that. Yeah, I mean, I... I can understand that, but at the end of the day, it's still a lie. A lie is a lie. No matter what, how, no matter what kind of lie it is, no matter how you twist it, she's still telling a lie. Well, that's true, and she admits she knows that. Michael knows that, and I think it's just a question of do we let them get married first and then say this? Oh no, Michael's not going to let them get married first because they invited him to the bachelor party, so he's going to go in on the bachelor party. Remember oh, what he said? Yeah, I'm just like, he going he going to drop the bomb at the bachelor party. Ooh, I cannot wait. I want to talk. <laughs> I want to. I want to talk about this real quick before we go. Um, I want to talk about Ava and that session that she had with Neil where she was just dropping gems all over the place. She was like, drop, 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 drop. And then finally, this was the, this was the moment that this was an epiphany moment for her because it was the one moment in all the time that Ava has been on the show that she realized that all of these men, younger, older, same age, whoever they were, that everybody saw what they wanted to see in her. If they wanted to see her as an angel, they saw her as an angel. If they wanted to see that dark side of her, they saw that dark side of her. But neither in neither camp did any of these men ever see her as a real flesh and blood woman who had needs and desires. All they saw is what they wanted to see that was going to forward their own selfish desires as far as she was concerned. And the fact that she had that realization and said that in therapy was everything. Is it going to make a difference with her? Who knows? It's, I mean, yeah, it's like, do you change after just one session? It was interesting to talk about where Nicholas was the beginning of people leaving her. Mm-hmm. But, which I was like, yep, that's true. But then I also feel like 
there is, which I guess goes to show that Ava has zero remorse about the actions where she killed Connie. Exactly. Because she was like, yeah, she's like, yeah, I did that. But she says, and I, I don't remember if it was this week or maybe a couple of weeks ago where she was like, yeah, I've done some despicable things. I've done some horrible things. But like she never, she will admit she did it, but she never takes full responsibility for the things that she did that hurt other people and so for her to walk around as a wounded animal like poor me poor me look what happened to me look what you did to all these other people that has that are still reeling and wounded by your actions so it's like girl get your life and get a grip I can't with her but what I also um, found interesting that they threw in there with her with this session is the fact that she was addressing um, the dangers of being too absorbed on social media because she was talking about how she went to the chat room to read what people were saying about her being on the cover of Crimson. And it was it was like going down the rabbit hole. Like once she started reading it, she just couldn't stop. But then her feelings would get more and more hurt every time with each comment that she read. And that was that's a real thing. Like I, they kind of threw it in there. They kind of like it, they kind of threw it in like a dash of salt in a dish and kept it moving. But I caught that. And I was just like, I hope some kids that are watching that caught that and realize that I mean we do this on social media we talk about general hospital on social media and we know sometimes we rake them over the coals and sometimes we don't but people need to realize that anything that you do on social media is just that social media so you can take take what you want leave what you want but don't take anything too seriously because when you do then you end up like a character you end up very similar to a character like Ava where it begins to take control of your life and how you think and how you think about yourself and how you carry yourself and how you talk to people and what you say and what you don't say. You got to just be true to who you are, regardless of whether you're on social media or not, I think was the takeaway from that. Especially when uh, Nina says, you know what, why don't you just not read that stuff? (laughs) Right. Just not read it and then you'll be fine. Right, but she she just can't help herself because she knows it. And, <laughs> she knows it. And I basically like every time that you get Ava and uh, uh, Valentine in a room together, it's always going to come up. I saw you killed Nicholas. You signed uh, an affidavit <laughs> saying that you I didn't. I know. It's pure comedy. <laughs> pure comedy. <laughs> and speaking of that, we also get the scene where as much as Curtis was, you know, uh, being above board and not, hey, I'm going to respect everybody's confidentiality and not tell Laura what the item is that we're looking for. Hayden doesn't understand that and blurts it out and so now Laura's on the loop, which is great. I'm glad to have Laura more in the loop and entrenched in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, again, still nobody, because we know it's not Spencer. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know why. <laughs> Nobody's asking, I mean, we're going to have to find out who this person is that they're working for. And it still makes zero sense to me that it is Nicholas, especially for, for Jax, because I don't know what Jax gets out of it. I don't either. Uh, they're in here talking about Morgan. They're saying Morgan was banging mom and daughter at the same time, practically. Let's not pretend Morgan matters. Well, Morgan matters because that was Sonny's son. You know, that was Sonny and Carly's son, and any loss of a child matters. So, yes, Morgan matters. Um, what also matters and made me laugh out loud, because, you know, I always pay attention to the dialogue on General Hospital. I'm like the, di- <laughs> I'm like the dialogue police of General Hospital. So... 
of course when they had this when Alexis had that scene with Neil and they're discussing this big kiss that they had you know <laughs> she said and talking about their big kiss she said that she's like she has the emotional IQ of a shovel I laughed out loud that was funny to me <laughs> because, because she doesn't have any emotional IQ she just I feel like Alexis is so entrenched with everybody's life, including her clients and her family, that when the attention turns on to herself, she doesn't quite know how to handle it. And she kind of runs from it, and she just kind of... And then when somebody shows her any kind of attention in a positive vein, (coughs) she kind of gravitates toward it like, you know... like syrup on a hot fudge sundae she's just like you know what i mean she's just like oh hello i'm like girl please true but then have some decorum but then even then i mean it goes to show even as far back as her leaving ned at the altar where i mean she can't uh, you know she something that's good she cannot accept and she will deliberately either sabotage herself or just let herself be drawn to men that uh remind her of her father so uh, that's, yeah. stellar, that's a stellar example of... Uh, Absolutely. Yes. Do you have news? Do I have news? Uh, well, one last thing uh, to tie in a little bit with the Shiloh thing mm-hmm. is we get to see at the end of the week, after Jason and Sam have already talked to the commissioner, we get to see that one lady that gave Shiloh the information about <gasps> Oh, hospitals. yes. I forgot about that girl. <laughs> I'm like, up. why is she lurking around the hospital looking all ominous? <laughs> like, who are you? Yeah. I, I mean, I would think that pretty much everybody has heard about what Shiloh has done, but have you not read a paper? Have you not seen anything? Right, because she's acting all offended and hurt and upset. I'm like, girl, have you, I'm like you, have you not seen a paper? Have you not heard a conversation that includes Shiloh kidnapping a boy and you still trying to defend that fool? Girl, get your life. I can't. (laughs) I wanted to smack her upside her head through the TV set. I was like, what is going on? I know. So I'm like, this is going to be just useless story for the next week. (laughs) Of this lady trying to, like, you know, Sam really meant to kill him. Like, oh, no, right. I cannot. Uh, but I did like uh, when when Sam came to her at the hospital, say, could you let me know when uh, Franco's going to be transferred? No. No, I cannot share that information with you. But, but what made me laugh about that is that who did she say that to? Was it Who was that she said that to? Whoever it was that she said that to just was like, okay. And they just walked away. Like, they didn't even fight her on it. I'm like, who is she that yeah. you couldn't question her about that information? <laughs> that made me, I laughed. Thanks for bringing that up. I laughed out loud when I saw that. Uh, well, I guess a little bit of the news. We'll do that real quick here. So there's a possible twist coming up here. In the uh, oh, boy it keeps uh, oh, that our boy Jason David, who plays uh, uh, Aiden, there has got a, a new show uh, that he's going to be working on here. Uh, yeah, so uh, basically he's going to be uh, doing a new show for on a sci-fi uh, project called uh, for all mankind for Apple TV. Nice, actually, excuse me, Apple TV Plus. Congratulations! Yes. yes. So they're basically in this alternate universe. Russia succeeds in the first man moon landing. And that forces the U.S. to work together to work another angle and sets up a rush to put the first woman on the moon ASAP. Ooh, so, nice. There you go. That's the uh, the show's official synopsis. And you know what? Somebody, uh, Marlon Wallace pointed this out, and I was going to bring this up. So Verne Watson, Watson, who played on Stella on GH, she's on. she left to go do that new sitcom on CBS, Bob L- Bob Arts Abishola and I saw her at a party for that and she was so excited. She looked like she's having the time of her life. That's awesome. Yeah, she was she was having the time of her life. I'm very excited for her. And I saw her on the show and she's doing a really great job. She plays one of the nurses in the hospital that works with Abishola. She's pure comedy. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. 
Great. So I, I assume you asked her to, to come on over and yeah, join us for sure. No, but I will. Because I'm just trying to let her get her legs wet with that show first and get her schedule together. Because, you know, when you start a new gig, you got to get with their schedule and see what you can and work with and what you can't work with. But I'm determined to get her over here because I love her. I'm a huge fan of hers. And I, I tell her every time I see her, if there had not been a her, if, if Verne Watson had not been in Los Angeles doing commercials and print jobs and, and sitcoms like The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I wouldn't be able to do it because she was the 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 founding mother for all of that, you know, the precursor to all of that for me. So I appreciate her presence in that way. I tell her that every time I see her. Oh, that's very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of the JH Report. My, how time flies. But it has been fantastic to be reunited with you, Carla. Yes! yes. It was great to be back here. I was like, oh, we that conversation went quick, right? It did. We were, you know, time flies. We were catching up. That's and we right. had a record number, 78 people in the chat room today. So thank you. y'all. They thank y'all. For you. Uh, folks, thanks for joining us here on this episode of the GH Report. Of course, we'll be back here next Sunday. But in the meantime, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, and thanks, everybody, for hopping in the chat. And if you're watching after we stream live, feel free to comment down below. But if you want to stay in touch with either of us, but more importantly, Carla, because she's got a burgeoning media empire <laughs> I that do you want to make sure you're on the ground floor for. <laughs> Carla, where can they find you? I do not have a burgeoning media empire, but you can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. You can find me right before the GH After Show over at Black Hollywood Live doing The Curvy Critic with Carla Renata, where I give you the latest and greatest news on all the film reviews that are dropping. And I bring a couple of guests over every once in a while, like my good friend Yvette Nicole Brown joined me today. So check that out over at Black Hollywood Live. And of course, you can catch me here all the time. Oh, and I'll be back on After Buzz TV tomorrow night doing the After Show for Dancing with the Stars. Carly, what if they were sitting around like on a Thursday night at home, like, hey, what should we watch? Is there anything we could watch on a Thursday night, like like a half hour comedy? Half hour comedy on th- Oh, right. Oh, and thank you. Good plug-in. I am all you all you also can catch me recurring on the season five of Superstore on NBC. Look at as that. Janet. See? See? <laughs> I'm Janet on Superstore and on NBC, so catch us there. Burgeoning. <laughs> there you go. It's growing. Uh, folks, follow me <laughs> if you want. Uh, you know, Carla's a better follow. But uh, on Twitter and Instagram, at HappyGoJackie. Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the GH Report. We'll see you back here next Sunday right here on AfterBuzz TV. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.